check it out. Un-territory. Ain't nobody been there. You understand? Undiscovered. So call somebody and tell somebody. There's a new day, and there's also a new sheriff in the town. A lot of things will be exposed real soon. Love you. Be good. promoters and it is i Stu lowry welcoming you to yet another episode of uncharted territory our 156th edition to be precise uh tonight we uh get back to our roots so to speak we were formed or we started this whole shindig by watching wrestling together and we're going to do that again tonight and encourage you to join along with us as we do a another one of our group watches fun match tonight uh uh, well, we'll talk about it more in detail here in a little bit, but I'm looking forward to seeing it as soon as I saw the match that uh, was proposed. I was gung-ho to watch it again. It's been a little while since I've seen it. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, it is I, Stu Lowry, your host for the evening. I got warmed up for tonight by rolling a couple of matches in the Filsinger Games universe. I had the uh, my Legends fed that world title tour. Gorgeous George is the current champ. He defended in a return bout against Mad Dog Bashan, Mad Dog playing the tough babyface. And George was victorious in this one with the spinning toehold and a three-star belt. Uh, caps off their feud for now. It wasn't. It was fun, but it's not something I wish to continue. And it was a good, good ending to that one. And um, I've recently done a spinoff fed. I've, I've segmented my Champions of the Galaxy into the black and white classics and the colors, since the colors are a little tougher. Uh, the color versions are a little tougher. And my classics fed now in that world is ICW. Omega is the champion, and he just defeated Mighty Grogan in another return bout. Uh, defeated him with the back roll press for his fifth defense of that particular title. So that caps off that feud, although those two have been feuding for a while. So that's what's going on in my neck of the woods in terms of uh, feds. Just thought I'd share because I try to do that before each, uh, or a lot of times I try to do that before each episode of Uncharted Territory to get me in the mood. The weather here is, well, downright weird it uh, was pressing 80 degrees again uh, i'm kind of tired of that i'd like it to settle in just pick a range any range will do uh we're going to get into the 50s here in a couple days and stay there for a while so i don't want thanksgiving to be uh too warm and uh, that's flukish for even virginia so i'm hoping we will get some good solid cool fall weather coming up and it looks like we may just look out with that so with that, let's get to some other members of this uh, esteemed crew of ours. Uh, Tim Dalton, what's going on in Buffalo, sir? Hi, Stu. I, I actually got prepared for this episode by rolling uh, off my couch. Uh, that's the only rolling I've been doing lately. Uh, but but uh, 
I'm, I'm ready to go. I really like the, the, the match choice that, uh, that Corey came up with, um, here in Buffalo, it was 60 degrees today. Um, and tomorrow it's going to get up to 40. So there you go. Um, welcome, welcome to, you know, fall in Western New York. You're never quite sure what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, up to 60, but still it was very cloudy, very windy. Um, so it didn't feel like 60. Um, and, uh, I hope, I hope tomorrow's high of 40 feels a little bit warmer than that, but, uh, yeah, we're probably going to be in like the, the, uh, the mid forties to fifties, uh, for the next several days. So, um, but yeah, we got a 20 degree drop in the high temperature. So hooray. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how that works out. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it can't, can't get much worse. Can, can it? I mean, it's Buffalo. So, well, yeah, probably it, it's going to get much worse. So, okay. Those three feet, three foot snows I define as worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you can avoid those. Oh, I, I did. I, I was remiss. I, I've been remiss in saying or toasting my official entry into eggnog season. So I have a fine vintage tonight, Southern comfort, my, my eggnog of choice, at least uh, that's what I seem to like the most. Uh, so I, I toast all of you, my fellow eggnog uh, fans and aficionados. Uh, Tim, are you drinking some tonight or no? I can't, I can't remember. I, uh, I am not, uh, although I, and even though I was the first to maybe have, have a nog on the show, it's not official eggnog season until Stu Lowry has his first. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that we can, we can, we can say that. Uh, tonight, I am drinking a fine Christmas ale uh, by Great Lakes Brewery. That's right. You and, said that. And hopefully, uh, I'm I'm going to be looking for Southern Tier uh, Brewery to be coming out with their two Xmas, uh, which is another spiced ale uh, for Christmas. It's another seasonal, and those are two of my favorite beers. And I need to stock up this year before they they go out of out of stock, and so I can uh, you know be, be drinking Christmas ale in uh, in in March or April. So we'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll hope for that. Tim was our man on assignment, uh, which you'll hear more from a special report coming up later in the podcast. So we're going to look forward to that in just a little bit. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Corey Olson, how are things in the Maple Hood? Hey, Stu. Uh, thank you for asking. Things in the Maple Hood are uh, doing all right. We had some very weird weather. So last week, we recorded last week a day earlier than we typically do. It was Monday the 30th. And that night we got some snow flurries, first snow of the of the winter 23-24 season. Um, but you know, Minnesota, I didn't think it was gonna be much. Uh come out the next morning on Halloween, and there was snow on the ground and just enough to shovel and just enough to make it an icy drive to school that day. Um, but it was Halloween and we're we're true loyal Minnesotans, and so we did go trick-or-treating. Um, all of us, uh, my, my wife and, and four kids, we all went out together as a family. We had the kids bundle up in jackets, either under their costumes or over, you know, depending what was best, even some snow pants maybe. Uh, it was cold that night. It was very cold trick-or-treating, but we got some good steps and a good walk-in. And then um, later in the week, it warmed up. So it went from like autumn to winter and back to autumn. So just kind of all over the place. Uh, today, as we record, November 7th, uh, you know, more autumnal type temperatures, uh, even got into the fifties over the weekend. I think today, maybe, maybe low fifties was the highest, uh, a little bit chillier, a little cloudy, um, but much more pleasant than snow on Halloween. Um, yeah, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this episode to a group watch. Like, like Stu said, we haven't done this in a while and, uh, this is, this will be a fun group watch one. That's very memorable to me personally. Thank you, Corey. Excellent. 
I also want to point out that tonight will be uh, Corey's countdown skills will be on full display once again. This is a real a skill that he honed back when we were doing group watches uh, in the infancy of this podcast. So I'm really looking forward to hearing those once again. They, they're inspiring, to say the least. Um, in terms of what's new in the Philistine Games universe, well, one certainly is uh, one announcement is very near and dear to my heart because he's probably become my all-time favorite character in the whole shooting match, at least the fictional world. And that's the announcement, the first announcement of the early classics version, uh, 2074-75 of Omega. And this has already caused a fair amount of discussion on the, the discussion board concerning the artwork. I, I personally liked it, but I would have liked anything with Omega. So, uh, you know, throw out, kind of throw out my opinion. I was going to be a mark for whatever drawing they had, but um, what are you guys' opinions on on the matter in terms of Omega? I mean, it's, it's exciting to have this going. I, I'm a big fan of early classics. So, Corey, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think this is, well, first of all, you know, when, when this was announced at Galacticon this year, I was really excited for it. Um, I, 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 too, huge Omega fan. You know, having played with the first two classic sets, 79 and 86, and that's how I started as a promoter. Um, these sets are near and dear to me. You know, I didn't, didn't get to actively use some of those later releases, including this one. I'm not as familiar with it. I have, I have the black and white one. I, I just never got to play with it, but um, this is really cool. I think the artwork is great. Um, and yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to, uh, to see, you know, I'm assuming cause this is kind of considered a reimagined set. I'm, I'm interested to see what stat changes there will also be uh, from the original early classics publication. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate it. Tim, any thoughts on Omega? Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, it's really cool having Daryl Banks do the artwork. Um, I thought he did a great job on Omega. Looks like a young stud, you know, uh, top guy, which he was. So uh, looking forward to, to seeing uh, what else comes of this set. I think it'll, uh, I think it'll be pretty cool. Thank you, Tim. You know, one of the comments I read um, uh, in terms of uh, Omega versus Morpheus is a couple, one guy made the comment and then a couple guys chimed in on the discussion board, which I found interesting that Morpheus wasn't able to keep up with Omega with those two 2079 cards. Uh, I played pretty extensively with him and oddly, and or for whatever reason, Morpheus has been able to keep up with Omega in, in my Fed or in my world. Although the, when you look at the cards, Omega has a tougher card. Uh, curious what y'all's experiences have been with those two. Corey? Well, yeah, I mean, those were cards, obviously, as I just said, you know, I, they, they were my starting point. Um, and, you know, Morpheus could compete with him. Um, and I, I don't have those results handy or anything, but just off the top of my head, off from, from memory, they always had competitive matches, but I would say it was probably like 70% of the time Omega would win. But I'm sure, you know, Morpheus. And of course, you know, back then as a 14-year-old as a or 13-year-old, I was playing a lot, you know, so I just played the heck out of those classics cards, you know, three, four times a week, it seemed like. And when you only had the classics cards and then a few other ones that Chad uh, gave me, um, you, you kind of, you know, you played these matches a lot. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, but I would, but off the top of my head, I think, I think Omega did largely have the lead in that and, and kind of lived up to where he is statted. Thanks, yeah, I mean, I, I probably did a did a couple of those matches here and there. I don't remember how how competitive they were because it was a long time ago. Um, but honestly, I mean, if, if if you read the handbook, I mean, Omega was the really kind of like the Hogan where he dominated the Fed. Um, so, I mean, if you've got, you know, uh, Morpheus winning one out of four, that's not bad. That's probably about where he needs to be, to be honest. Um, 
you know, just because he was the top guy. I mean, it's always said that, you know, more he won the title and then Omega got it from him, you know, fairly quickly and then had a long reign. So, um, you know, so maybe that's right where he needs to be. I tend to agree. Excellent, guys. Appreciate that. I think it's going to be I'm I'm really I'm as excited about this set as anything in the champions world in a long time, because the, these sets are just like Corey has said, very near and dear to my heart. So I'm looking forward to all of it. Uh, bring it on. I'm very excited about it. Also, let me back up just a little bit. I was remiss in saying that Chad Olson is not, will not be joining us tonight. So sorry about that, fans. It's just going to be the three of us here this evening. But Chad, uh, we miss you, buddy, and look forward to having you back next week. You're with us in spirit. Also new in the Felsinger Games universe, the cards started arriving. Promoter Prime, uh, Bob Cook. Uh, I got them separately. And, and, ah, I see. Look at Tim holding up the artwork. Some, uh, some excellent drawings. The Samoans really look great. Any thoughts on these guys, uh, fellas? Anybody? Take it away. Uh, yeah, I got my Promoter Prime Legends and Indies Prime cards um, first, actually, and that was like cool to see the Samoans. Of course, we'd seen the artwork, but to have it on the cards, it's always cool to see it up close and everything. And then got my Bob Cook and Deathmatch set a couple days after that, so been organizing my binders and everything again. Um but yeah, I'm glad uh, glad to have Bob Cook now printed, and uh, that's definitely a card that's going to be used in my in my USWA. Uh, you know, obviously, probably won't get a lot of wins, but he's going to be making other people look good. And uh, that, you know, he's uh, as I said before, Bob Cook's such a nice guy. Just emailing him that I'm really glad we could get his card out here uh, at this time and uh, and honor his career. Corey, who is the most successful jobber in your Fed's history? If you had to pinpoint one. Um, I, I, probably Nacho Barrera, honestly, he had a really good run when he came in. Now, granted, he was fighting other enhancement talent at his level, but the fact that, I mean, he was like undefeated for seven matches. I mean, again, against those lower guys. Um, and they just had a really good run. He probably his first year, he had a winning record. Um, then, you know, then he started wrestling more top tier guys and kind of did what he's supposed to do. Uh, but probably Nacho. Now, as far as like who's gotten maybe the biggest upsets of those level guys, whew, I'd, I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. I know SD Jones has pulled some big wins with his original black and white card. Um, Cousin Luke, Cousin Luke has gotten some some big wins throughout the years. Um, no, I'd have to I'd have to go go through all the all the notebooks and uh, files to get an accurate uh, answer to that. <laughs> oh, excellent! Close enough. We'll go with the Nacho Man. Tim, any thoughts on the uh, Promoter Prime releases and Bob? Yeah, Cook? I mean, I very, very cool to get them. Um, you know, thanks to the the the, the group there at Filsinger Games, and uh, really, uh, you know, I thought the artwork on the Samoans was really, really good. Um, was impressed with that. Kind of cool to have Bob Cook, who uh, you know has has a, a pretty important role at, at Cauliflower Alley Club, um, to kind of to kind of you know highlight that group. Um, pretty neat. I really, uh, I, I really thought it was cool. Uh, you know, obviously I don't really play much. Um, so I'm not sure these will see the light of day, but they will be uh, carefully put away in my box of cards at some point. Excellent, sir. We all have high hopes that the NWF will make its triumphant return at some point. One of the, the greatest feds ever done. So, and, uh, maybe we'll, perhaps we'll see Bob cook in an NWF ring uh, near you. 
Well, all right. Well, with that, I hope uh, promoters are enjoying those cards. Again, the artwork was fantastic, certainly on the Samoans. Um, and the, Warner really knocked it out of the park with all of those drawings. As mentioned, uh, Tim Dalton has been on assignment uh, at the wedding of, excuse me, Megan Delve, which would be his goddaughter. Mike Delve, a fellow podcaster and longtime Champions of the Galaxy fan, uh, promoter, uh, his daughter. So Tim went to the uh, wedding this past weekend. And Tim, any reflections or thoughts on, on the blessed event? I'm going to kind of go through the, the journey here. Um, the wedding was on Saturday, November 4th. Uh, I arrived in Canada uh, on Thursday and stayed with Sue and Mike uh, and their dog, Tommy, who's old and nearly blind, but, you know, he's, he's a good boy. Um, had dinner uh, at their home along with Megan and her, uh, her, her beloved there, uh, uh, Alex. Uh, his full name, I believe, I'm going to get this probably, I, I won't do the, 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 uh, the accent well, but his, his full name is Alexis Charles Etienne Thibodeau. So, you know, strike one. Four, four um, names is strike one. <laughs> strike one, you know, and and he, he and surprisingly, with a name like that, yes, he and his family are from Quebec. Uh, I, I know that's a shocker. Um, he does he does have a, a bit of an accent. Um, we did bust on him pretty good uh, at dinner because he talked about going someplace called Negra, and we weren't quite sure what he was talking about. And then we figured out he he was saying Niagara. Uh, but that the, the, uh, the French accent was a little thick. And so we, we didn't, and so we, we made fun of him for, you know, uh, a few more days that's that he's never going to live that one down. I think that's going to be coming up at, at dinners for, for a long time. Um, but he was talking about going to Negra falls and, uh, yeah, it's Niagara falls. Um, so he, he lost a syllable somewhere in there. Um, Friday, Mike and Sue left around one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, just to go do wedding stuff, rehearsal dinner, blah, 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 set up, you know, all that. Um, so I just stayed in their, their place, hung out with the dog, um, had a great time. And then for dinner on, on Friday night, uh, I went over to Rob Nadon's house. Now, a lot of people know Rob, uh, that have been around the game for a very long time. Rob came to several uh, Galacticons and, uh, I, I went over to his house. It's a beautiful home. Uh, met his, I, I think I probably met his wife, Lisa before, but, uh, got to really sit down and, and talk to her and, uh, had a great meal. Rob made steaks. Um, uh, along with, uh, what did we have steak, um, some, uh, uh, some baked potatoes or, uh, uh, fried potatoes and, um, uh, squash. Very good. Um, just everything was great. I got to hang out with Rob. He, we started talking about the game, you know, and, and what huge nerds we were. I, I told Lisa, I said, you don't understand the level of nerd that we were at, uh, I think back then, but, uh, he, he still has his dice and showed me and i got a picture that i sent out uh of of his the orange the legendary orange die uh that he used at galacticon where he was rolling sixes just constantly and uh the corners of the the die are like are like beat up they're like rounded because <laughs> because it's been used so much or thrown against the wall or whatever he did um it's definitely beat up but um you know, it was really cool. And then as soon as I sent it to Chad, he just, he texted me back. He's like that damned round orange die. Uh, so there you go. Um, 
and and Rob did give me uh, he he does a lot with uh, he and his wife do a lot of like canning and stuff like that and and gave me a bit of jalapeno apple jam uh, that that I still need to try. Hopefully, knowing Rob, I hope this isn't a rib and it doesn't turn my teeth black or something like that. Um, but then kind of went home from there and just kind of hung out with the dog the rest of the night and uh, and then Saturday kind of got ready and drove to Stratford, Ontario, which is where the wedding was. It was I had a hotel there for the night. And um, uh, it was, the wedding and the reception were at a place called the Revival House, which is a former church, beautiful uh, venue, uh, really nice. Um, you know, it, it, it uh, when it was defrocked or whatever you do at a church to make it not a church anymore, um, it wound up becoming a French restaurant. I talked to the owner and he was saying it was a very nice French restaurant, but that didn't necessarily, you know, sit well with a lot of the locals in Stratford that was a little bit too hoity-toity and so uh but the food there was fantastic for the reception everything was great the wedding was was a very nice reception it was bilingual obviously uh with the uh the folks involved um it was just uh, a, a really cool thing i sat with uh, rob and lisa mike's sister Lori, and a couple others um you know it was really neat uh um at one point during the uh uh, you know, they uh, kind of cleared away a lot of the tables and had a dance floor. And uh, at one point they played a Celine Dion song. And when you're playing Celine Dion and you've got Quebec people there, I mean, she's it. And there was like, so they formed like a, a big circle and they were singing and they had a, like a whole choreographed thing. I don't know if this is like a, a, but they had, they were going and it's Celine Dion and there you go. So um, it, it was pretty impressive to watch. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting. And then Rob tried to get me drinking. Uh, we were doing, uh, different, we weren't doing shots or anything like that, but we would, we would pick different liquors and, and kind of go. And, um, and then, uh, we were at the table. I had, I had, uh, I had come up with cognac as one of mine and he, sp he, he hit his glass and, and spilled it like right on his crotch. And so he's blaming me to everybody he can find. And I said, everybody at this table knows you're a liar. Um, and he would blame me and blame me and his wife even jumped on the bus too. And, and, uh, so, you know, I, I, I told him, I said, I said, Rob, you're the same. He says, even though you say you're changed, you're the same as you were when you were like 16 years old. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, luckily I bailed out of the, the drinking thing because I knew, it, you know, I had, a, I had a three hour drive the next day. So I, there, there was no way I was doing that. Um, so, uh, yeah. So then on Sunday got up, had a terrible breakfast. Uh, at the hotel restaurant and then, uh, and then drove home, no real, uh, problems driving their home. Uh, Cambridge is about a two hour drive, a little over two hours from Buffalo. Um, and it was about three hours back because Stratford's about an hour away, um, from, uh, from Cambridge, but very nice ceremony. Megan looked beautiful. I like the kid. I like, I like Alex. He's a good guy. Um, you know, and he's got a lot of good friends and I, I think it'll, uh, I think this is, is going to be a very nice relationship. So you made a comeback after the after the initial uh, meet. Yeah, yeah, he did. He's just Not a good kid. Beyond the four names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw the name, I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this kid. But he he's just got an infectious personality, and he's just a really nice, you know, very nice kid and and uh, grounded and and uh, um, yeah. I, I I think I think he you know, I, I he made a better choice, but I think she made a good choice. Well, sure. 
And the orange dice was not, nobody busted that out at the rehearsal. I mean, at the reception. <laughs> so, so here's the weird. So they're both like into anime, Megan and, and Alex, they're both in like anime and Harry Potter and all this stuff. And so I was wondering, I, I, I'm sitting, you know, Rob was on my right and like early in the meal, I looked on the table and I, it looked like there was a rock on the table and I picked it up. It was a 20 sided die. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, at some point this is, I said, is this yours? And he's no, he said, no, it's not mine. I said, at some point, this is going to come into play. <laughs> and I guess what they did was for the different favors and things on the table, you, everybody roll, took a roll to die. The lowest one got one of the favors. The highest roll got one of the favors. And then if you rolled closest to 10 or, or, 10, or on 10, then you got to keep the die. Nice. And, and nice. one of the people there actually made the dies, made, made all the dice for, for the different tables. So. Um, I thought it was really, I, I thought that was really cute. It was a good way to kind of, you know, honor what you are and, uh, and, and find a good way to do the giveaways for the, you know, the, the, the favors on the table. I agree. That's very clever. I've, I've not seen that done before. That's different. I like it. Well, Tim, thank you for that report, sir. And obviously you made it back from Canada, which is always a harrowing experience. So uh, happy to have you this side of the border and uh, back with uncharted territory. Well, with that, we're going to get to our group watch tonight, which is uh, was part of a groundbreaking pay-per-view. Um, the video cassette for said pay-per-view is collecting dust in my basement. Uh, I haven't broken it out in quite some time. But um, it, it's, let me back up. The pay-per-view is from When Worlds Collide, uh, from AAA. Uh, it was put on in, was it 94? Yes. 95? Okay. 94. All right. And WCW played a role in this, is that correct? Or did they produce yeah, it? Or They kind of, I guess, I don't know what you'd say, produced it, kind of promoted it. Um, they had, you know, their announcers were did the English feed, so it was Chris Cruz. And actually, Mike Tanay, but I don't think, I, I meant to look this up, sorry for not doing my work. Um, Tanay, I don't think, was actually working for them until after this show. He did such a good job. I think that's when they hired him full-time, because he was still I doing a radio show. Yeah, he was doing a radio show, like an insider's radio show um yeah at this point and he even did that for a while when he was working for wcw because I, I used to listen to it um but i but yeah that was they were they were kind of just behind it you'd see it advertised on their wcw tv shows every week um so yeah they they it was it was triple a but they kind of worked out a deal to promote it in the u.s and what wasn't there some kind of lawsuit with ecw2 over the yes. name yeah because yeah. ecw did a show also of the of that name Mm -hmm. and it was um, earlier the same year too right correct and i and that yeah. was and part of the settlement was wasn't it let's see wcw sent like kevin sullivan or arn anderson bobby eaton and okay. might, have, might have been somebody else to work at least one ecw arena show maybe it was more um, okay but yeah that was kind of the the deal there well, this was groundbreaking in a lot of ways because not a lot of us had seen that much Lucha Libre. Um, I've seen a lot more since, but I had, you know, in talking about AAA or Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre uh, regarding this particular show, I had not seen a whole lot of it, uh, certainly before this pay-per-view or before I saw this pay-per-view. Had y'all, had y'all been exposed to much of the product? I, uh, you know, I, I know I've obviously I saw some luchadors wrestle in Japan um, and I may have seen a few shows. I don't know if they were CMLL or AAA. Um, it was probably AAA. 
But mm-hmm. um, I know I'd seen a few shows, but not much at all. Not enough to know. I mean, I, I, I knew something about it just from reading the Wrestling Observer and, and the Torch. Um, so I kind of knew who was who, um, but I, I didn't know a lot about the product at all. What about you, Corey? No, I mean, I I was aware of, you know, a few of the big names, obviously, Mil Mascaris, and then seen him a few times. Um, I don't think I'd actually ever seen anything out of Mexico until this time. You know, I'd read results in the after mags, and I wasn't getting newsletters at that point, but I'd read when when Chad would come back and visit us from college, he'd, you know, bring some of his observers with. So I like Tim, I kind of knew some of the names. Um, you know, I was I was aware of Conan, you know, he'd made appearances in in WCW at the one Starcade, uh, that international tag team tournament. Um, but other than that, no, I really hadn't seen anything um, out of actually, you know, if, if you want to call it legit Lucha Libre style. Um, this was my my first. We didn't have any Spanish speaking channels at that time on our cable system, so we wouldn't have gotten Lucha. Same for me. I've not seen any of it or not, not if I had, it would have been on a Japanese show and I really wouldn't have known a whole lot of background as to what was going on in terms of watching a luchador compete there um, or Mil Mascaris or something like that. I mean, if you wanted to, you wanted to count that as seeing a luchador, but I certainly didn't have a whole lot of uh, exposure to it. I kind of got into it after this. Um, I got really into it. Uh, at the Galacticon, y'all showed it was night at the matches. Was it Viano versus uh, it was Mass versus Mask? Is that correct? Yeah, Viano, Viano three, three. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Corey. Yeah, I was just gonna say Viano three in Atlantis, um, 2000. Awesome I believe match. it was 2000. Yeah, I think it was match of the year in the Observer that year, too. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, great match, so much heat. Uh, and it was, and it was rare. Yeah, you know, it was rare for an, uh, a Mexican match to to make number one in the Observer. It, it might yeah. make a top ten, yeah. But just because there wasn't a lot of people, what? But just it got such great reviews that I think people mm-hmm. sought it out to see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the passion alone from the fans just made it. Uh, I mean, an incredible match to watch. I mean, you just don't see that kind of heat in the United States. Well, I tell you what, let's uh, let's cue this up and get into it. And then after we're done with this, the match we're going to watch is El Hio, El Hio del Santo and Octagon versus Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Art Bar died not too long after this. Is am about, I correct? About a week, uh, ten days or something. Yeah. No, oh, was it real? I thought it was. I thought it was a little longer than that. But yeah, I, wow. Yeah, it was quick. I knew it was quick after. Um, I just I just pulled up a recap of the of the whole event. It's Seventeen days after the card. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very That's fast. Very and he was the hottest heel going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. after the the pinnacle match of his career, that's just tragic. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. other way to describe it. So this is the match we're going to watch. It was two out of three falls. It was a, a double mass versus a double hair match. It's a fantastic match. I have not seen it in quite some time. So we'll cue this up. And then afterwards, we're going to go through the full results of the card just to recap them real quickly. But um, let's cue this up, gentlemen. And Corey, we're so, going to list your skills. Well, before we do that, let's. And in case people want to watch along with us, this is on YouTube. Oh yeah. Um, I don't believe last time I checked, it is not on on Peacock. Um, since it's you know technically not WCW, but it is. Although, if you watch the version we were watching, you will see a WWE logo. I know this was shown on, I believe, an Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio compilation. So I'm guessing that might be where where the foot this probably from an Eddie Guerrero compilation. I believe um, it is. Yeah. 
but so you will notice the WWE logo, but this is on, on YouTube. Uh, the YouTuber is Ricardo Gonzalez, and the title just simply says uh, AAA, When Worlds Collide, Eddie Guerrero and Love Machine uh, versus Elio, Elio Del Santo and Octagon. And I think since this is Lucha Libre, we need to count back in Spanish for this one to start it off. So sounds right. terrific, sir. Everybody got theirs queued up? Ready to roll. All right. Tres, dos, uno, vamos. This was at the uh, LA, was it Coliseum or Sports Arena? I think it was. I think that's right. So the, on this version, we the, the wrestlers have already entered the ring. Um, Guerrero and Barr have uh, Madonna's boyfriend, who is Luis Spicoli, is kind of their corner man. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. uh, the technical team has um, Blue Blue Panther as their Blue Panther. second, right? Yeah, Blue Panther. Yeah, yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, fans, if you're not familiar with this era, Guerrero and Barr uh, wore American uh, flag tights, and they were called Los Gringos Locos. So they were part of a larger group. And uh, they were, but they were the heels, mocking the Mexican fans and all kinds of stuff like that. Dastardly stuff. Didn't Barr play a a Beetlejuice character or something like that? Am I remembering that? (laughs) That is correct. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. 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 And he came to WCW for a short time with that too. He was, I think they changed the name slightly, but he was, he was there very shortly. Juicer. Yes. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Tim. Yep. (laughs) Juicer. Yep. Oh. We've got the uh, Corona Extra mat. <laughs> Digging that. Oh, did any of you watch this live? I did not. Yeah, I did. I did. You too. did not. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I and and you know, being thirteen at the time, we didn't get every single pay per view just because usually I'd have to pay for it. But uh, this is one I really wanted to see, and I was so glad we did. Um, our dad watched it with me, and as we've said, he's not a big pro wrestling fan, but he really enjoyed this, even though this is, you know, very far from amateur wrestling, <laughs> but he appreciated the, he appreciated the athleticism. So he had a lot of fun watching it with me. Well, the athleticism is on full display if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these were like four of the top guys, as far as in, in ring goes, I mean, in the company at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of psyching up the crowd here. You'll notice on the ring apron, IWC. So again, if you're not familiar with that, that was kind of the, Tim, would you say kind of the American version of AAA? Like the, the American, American partner? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. AAA had done a lot of promoting in the U.S. this year. Rero looks so young. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Santo with a nice arm drag. Yeah, and I think they wanted Tanay in to do the because they they weren't they weren't sure any of their their current announcers could really do it justice. So that's yeah. why oh, they yeah. kind of asked Tanay to. And he was great. Yeah, yeah, yep. Do we have a uh, babyface ref or a Rudo ref? For that is a Rudo. That is um, Tarantes. Uh, at least at this oh, yeah. time, he was a Rudo. I think. I think later in his career, he kind of became, you know, a legendary babyface ref, but Tirantes means uh, suspenders, and that's why he was always called that. He's always had his trademark suspenders on. I like the some quick action here, but also kind of a, a good, good slow pace start. 
little little mat work, little yeah, a mm-hmm. little bit of everything. Yep. Nice little headlock, leaping headlock takeover there by Santo. And the referees would become personalities in and of themselves in Lucha Libre, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. In, in in many cases, yeah, fans kind of had their their favorites and. And even I know in um, in Argentina in the uh, the infamous Titanes in El Ring promotion, which was did a lot of kind of comedy stuff, but those referees were really part of the actor, you know, really had their own personalities. Bar and Octagon now in the ring. If Bar had had to go across those rings in uh, in uh, uh, the Paulo's <laughs> territory, he'd been winded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He was one of the faster guys I've ever seen in the ring. Yeah, he's moving. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So athletic. I mean, it's funny when you see this when you see the really fast guys run the ropes. The mm-hmm. you know our Art Bar uh, Owen Hart comes to mind. You know, like young yeah. Owen yeah. Hart. Yeah. They they ran the ropes like they were in a sprint. Mm-hmm. It was it was different. Yeah. Yeah. It was Bar's father a wrestler too. Am I right on that? Um, promoter for sure right yeah okay yeah i th- I think he was oh oh Oof. that was that was tough bump yeah i remember i remember this move i thought it was a really cool move for the time and that's the first fall pretty quick or no it's they do that's right it's it's elimination rules in a four-man tag i forgot about that yeah so there was so now uh santo is el hilo de santo is out of this this fall yeah, because I was confused when they mm-hmm. when that first happened. I, yeah. I know during the pay, but but they did a good job of explaining it. Yep. And there's Ooh. probably the best frog splash that you're going to see. Yeah. Got some height. I almost forget, you know, because Eddie used it for so long that that Bar was doing it first, or but he, or I mean, he time. got those knees yeah. like way up, you know, yeah. like not not a lot of other guys did. I mean, I always thought mm-hmm. that D'Lo had a really good one too. Yep. Yep. Uh, D'Lo Brown. Yep. Um, as far as like really getting the knees up and, and really getting in that position before you kind of spread out. And I feel like this was the first time I'd heard the term frog splash. I could be wrong, but it was, mm. you didn't hear that a lot in the U S up till this point. So there you go. So we're a fall away from, mm-hmm. from both guys losing their masks. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And they are and 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 Guerrero and Barr are letting the crowd know it too. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Spicoli, I know, you know, just watching when you see him wrestle earlier on the show, you know, Spicoli I never thought was like a huge guy, but compared to some of these luchadores, he was very oh, yeah. he, he looked big. <laughs> Relative to their size, yeah, he was. Yeah. Right, right. And I think that's what got him hired as Rad Radford after this in WWF. They WWF officials were watching this and yeah. you know saw this yeah. big guy. Um and, and since Mike today didn't did mention that you know they have masks for sale down there, but you don't see t-shirts. I I don't want to mess with the match too much, but you know, go to go to uh you know if you want if you want all your I, I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. If you if do you it, want all your it. uncharted territory merchandise and you want it, you want the good stuff. All you have to do, people, tkostore.com. That's right, t-e-e-k-o-store.com. All your uncharted territory merch, your t-shirts, your hoodies, your sweatshirts. It's all there. You're going to need the warmer stuff. It's it's winter, people. So there you go. And now we're ready to start the second fall. Woo! Nicely done, Tim. Nicely done. 
Well, not really. No, it was horrible. But <laughs> Good positioning, though. Good positioning. Well, you know. Tanae set me up. Yeah, yes. Nice. Ooh, nice kind of bridging fall away slam there from Eddie. High school Spanish is failing me. It's it's el el heel heel hijo 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 hijo. I know yep, it's the don't... sun, but yeah, uh... yep, yeah, yep. You don't really say the H. Okay, hijo, 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 el hijo. Yep, hijo. Yeah, the the H has no sound. The J sounds like an H. <laughs> gotcha. I'm just gonna call him Santo. That works too. <laughs> Ooh, I have not Eddie. seen oh. much of uh, El Santo. I'm, I'm curious as to how he compared athletically. I would guess the sun was, was a little better. Oh, Ooh, that was nice. man. That was good. That Standing was drop kick, right? That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I mean, for his time, I think the father was was pretty athletic. He did, you know, some, he did, the, they call it the Tope de Cristo, which was kind of a diving headbutt to a standing opponent and okay. um you know he do some dives out of the ring I, I don't know if he i wouldn't call him maybe the first ones to do that in lucha but definitely kind of one of the innovators or popularized it oh i need to see some more of his matches yeah i don't know how many are out there really it's just probably hard to find yeah you could probably yeah. watch the movies i was gonna say yeah well yeah yeah Eddie just hit that dive from the apron and you know that kind of became uh -oh, one of this is looking moves. good. Oh not at the moment. Santo going up the ropes. Boom. Kind of a little senton there. Nice head scissors. Sounds like he was going for a gut wrench and got head scissored. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Now, is this arguably the hottest time for AAA in terms of being their peak? Yeah, I'd no. say so. Yeah. Oh, nice double dive there. Um, I I would say so, Stu. Yeah, I don't know, you know, business wise, but I mean, definitely, it's it was one of the hot hotter ones, and sadly, you know, not long after this and after Art's death, um, of course, there were some economic problems in Mexico too, but mm -hmm. they kind of they kind of took a little downturn as far as business and everything. I believe that's when their their currency was pretty much devalued. Yeah, yeah, it was. So. Yep, yep. Eddie and Santo in the ring. And for fans that don't know, very crisp. Mm -hmm, yeah, for fans that don't know, El Santo, the father, and Gory Guerrero uh, were tag team partners and rivals. And rivals. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ooh, nice Hurricane Rana from Eddie. Oh, Santo has been eliminated. This is all very just tight and crisp, and mm -hmm. it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so now Octagon, who's probably considered like the the lower uh, on the the food chain of of he and he and El and El Hio del Santo, mm -hmm. I mean, has to has to beat both these guys now to keep their hopes alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Now, in uh, Lucha Libre, or in Mexico at least, mm-hmm. the emphasis, it, it would definitely be more on storyline versus titles. Per se. I know they had weight classes, certainly at one point. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, obviously they have weight classes, they have titles, but a lot of times, yeah, I, I, that's a good summary, too, that it's the storylines and the feuds more than the than the titles themselves. Oh, here with the Octagon special that you oh, need to move. Always enjoyed that move. And then we saw Barr kind of, you know, shook his his hands. That's kind of the tap out there in Lucha and with, with some of those unique submissions. Yeah. Rather than tapping the mat, it's just kind of waving the hands in surrender. And the crowd's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Passion in the fans. Yep. Um but yeah, you often you often see um you know the the storylines, you know, hair versus hair, mask versus mask, um, being a bigger draw than than the titles. Not that the titles aren't a draw, but um titles, it doesn't seem like you know they're defended every I don't know, couple of months, maybe every, well, maybe once a month, maybe. It didn't seem to be defended all that often. You're, no, you're right. Yeah. No. Which can be good. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Here's a replay. And this was a nice roll up here oh, for yeah. the first fall. Yeah. He kind of does the tuck and then grabs the leg and just has them all that. cinched in. Yep. And mean meanwhile, Barr thinks it's 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 uh Guerrero getting the mm-hmm. pin. So he's just he's just celebrating and then oops. Mm-hmm. I think the first time I might have seen Octagon, I think he was in the best of the Super J Cup or something along those lines on a tape I got from Japan or of that particular tournament. I just hmm. thought he was phenomenal. Oh, the top of the Super Juniors? Mm-hmm. Maybe something along those yeah. lines. They used to do a great job of putting together, you know, uh, a field for that that event. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was incredible. It was a who's who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was cool because you'd get like, you know, Dean Malenko in there as kind of the shooter guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd get somebody like Fit Finley in there who was just the brawler. They'd throw guys out of the ring and whack them with chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and then you'd have a bunch of high flyers and technical guys. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yes. A very diverse and good mix. We're into the third fall now. No. Oh, close. Nice. Now this was let's see the camel clutch was Santos move right it was yeah yep. yeah so Eddie kind of mocking him there so with he's, the... yeah trying to beat him with his dad's own move mm-hmm. and I and I think I think uh, you know son used it too didn't yeah, he? Yeah, there he, he goes <laughs> good timing <laughs> oh. oh super kick bars landed some pretty stiff looking stuff mm-hmm. The standing drop kicks look great. And now that shot to the head. Mm-hmm. I really wish either he as a singles or he and Eddie could have had like a run, you know, somewhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yanking on the mask there. 
Here comes Octagon again. Oh, I like how Octagon just kind of walks in. <laughs> yep. Doesn't really do it, just kind of walks in and says, I'm going to kick you in the head. I'm going to kick yep. you in the stomach. Yep. I'm just going to start gonna, kicking you. I'm going to save my partner. <laughs> yep. He is resolute. He just walks mm-hmm. in there and he's like, This is what I'm going to do. Yep. Yeah, so we're about, I don't know, we're a few minutes into third fall now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It's funny how like you'll, you'll see like in the first couple of falls, like the first pin attempt will be the pin attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the third fall, they start kicking out of stuff. Right. Right. You know, just to kind of build that. And that's, that's the way it's been for a million years down there. Mm-hmm. Is that usually, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll have this match and then the first pin attempt is the pin. Ooh. <laughs> He just breaks that up with a nice gouge of the eye. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like oh, eye gouge one. There's the, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> the gory special. special. Yeah, nice. Well, here's a question. Are, are either Santa or Octagon still wrestling? And this is almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Santo was as a few years ago. I mean, and not regularly, but yeah, you know, but appearances. appearances I say. Yeah, I. I mean, I know there there was an Octagon Junior. Yeah, and so I don't I don't know if Ooh. this Octagon is still wrestling. Nice kind of a electric chair there. That was yeah, yeah off the, off the, off ropes. the turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's a good question too. I know. I think it was Eliho's son was trying to get in and trying to use the Santo name and they wouldn't let him because they didn't they wouldn't let him. Good. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, oh. Ooh. And he, I think, got a little tangled on the ropes on that dive there. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten how good this was. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you mentioned the, it being about 30 years ago, Stu. Yeah, I, we kind of chose, one of the reasons I chose this match was just like looking at this point in wrestling history. And this this took place on November 6th, I believe it was, of 1994. So uh, 29 years ago, around the date that we're recording. And it still holds up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think oh, like nice. we looked like we had a jump cut there. Oh, yeah. Not sure what happened there, but... Little uh, Arabian moon salt from Santo. Uh oh. Oh, oh, behind the rest back. <laughs> the Martinetti. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and there little... it is the, the tombstone. Mm hmm. And I remember on, in the announcing, they pushed that the tombstone was more that was deadlier than the, the standard pile driver for some oh, reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So the ref, the ref's back was turned, and now here mm-hmm. we go. Octagon Basically, it's almost a, a two-on-one now, yeah. but, but Santo's got a got a man up here. Mm-hmm. A little combination there. Oh, just got out. 
Mm-hmm. So close. And, and 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 you could see Spicoli getting ready to get in the ring and celebrate with him. Mm-hmm. Octagon is still dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love this combination. Superplex into the frog mm-hmm. splash. Oof. No, but this time he kicks out. Of course he does. <laughs> Octagon being loaded up on a stretcher here because of the deadliness of the of the tombstone. Yep. Not taking just any the way they're selling it and everything. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yep, yep. Now in today's wrestling, he would have sailed out there and crushed Octagon on the stretcher. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh! They were going for the same move and missed it. Mm-hmm. They did. Rally time. I love this. Bar tries to push him off the ropes and he just dives on Eddie instead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now Blue Panther in the ring. No! And a pile driver driver behind the referee's back deserves another. Fight fire with fire. Spicoli flipping out at ringside. And the the crowd is cheering the interference by the baby face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, there we go. Now it's down to Santo and Eddie, the two former partners. Their fathers were partners and rivals. Eddie, of course, just moving his tag team partner's neck. Taken out mm-hmm. on a board, and now, now he's in there just grabbing his head and moving mm-hmm. it around. Which strikes me about matches of this vintage, um, and I, which we've all said before, is that the the fans are just reacting as fans, as mm-hmm. like you would at a sporting event. They're not trying to be part of the show. They're not right. doing ridiculous chants or saying this is awesome or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, nice. That hurt. Belly to belly superplex. Top broke belly to belly. Mm-hmm. Art bar is still dead. Still (laughs) laid out dead in the ring. The paramedics won't come and save him because he's such a dastardly heel. (laughs) That's right. He got what he deserved. (laughs) Also amazes me with moves like Eddie just did with that Frankensteiner off the turnbuckle. How how much you flirt with a major neck injury on those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And our bar's just starting to come around now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dragon suplex. Dragon. 
Santos kicking out of everything. Resilient. He's he's fighting back. He is. There you go. No. Santo the reversal. Oh, and there it is. There we have it. Oh. Great comeback by the luchadors, you know. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like the 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 source of the video changed here because we have a WWE twenty four seven logo in the screen, which hasn't been around in many years. No, it, it um, definitely there was a a cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. back to Octagon. Octagon still back being stretched out. <laughs> They're being cautious. They're being cautious. They don't want to rush him. That's right. Looks a concern on their faces. Yep. Well, Octagon will find out tomorrow that they won the match. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, he'll he'll probably know because he still has his mask. (laughs) That's true. When he wakes up in the hospital with his mask on, he'll know. Hey, all good. I can't move my neck, but I have my mask. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't feel my legs, but you know what? Mm -hmm. I still got my mask on, so everything's good. Oh. All the way to the back. This is is cool. This is cool. You see, you see some of the crew there with the with the satin jacket, the triple A satin jackets. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love that whole satin jacket look. I just thought that yeah. was it was a it was a thing of the time, but I just mm-hmm. I just thought that was always a cool look. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Octagon uh, being put into the into the ambulance. Hang in there, Octagon. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back in the building. Art Barr just kind of on his knees now, just kind of coming around. Mm-hmm. Of course, he couldn't go to the hospital because he's got to get his head shaved. <laughs> yeah, so. yep. that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's an evil, no good eel. If, yep. if you're gonna lose, you're sorry. If we don't, we don't care if you can't feel your legs. You got to stay yeah. here and get your head yep. shaved. Then you yep. can go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> I love Santo with the Mexican flag here. That's right. As well he should. <laughs> yep. Defend the homeland. Yep. Because <laughs> Guerrero was born in the U.S., right? Eddie? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think El Paso, yep. Yeah. <laughs> what did what did Eddie wrestle as? I, I'm trying to think. No 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 pressure. But what what when he wore the mask down there, what, what did he wrestle as? I want to say Black Tiger. Black In Japan, Tiger? he was Black okay. Tiger. So Black I think Tiger, yeah. That. yeah, I think that's what he was here too. I thought that was interesting that the partners had to cut each other's hair. It wasn't, yeah, I was you know, just, they didn't, I didn't, they didn't try to do the barber or anything like that. Or no, he's cutting the highlights right out of there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big chunks of that. Of they that got some sharp mullet. scissors too because that's going pretty yeah. well. Oh yeah, yeah, he's flying through that. With, with all the problems that they've had over the years with clippers and stuff like yeah. that, this may have been the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was it. Yep, yep, just some good old fashioned scissors. Yeah. 
Those are pretty good too. I tell you, they mm-hmm. got a, they got must have sharpened those before the match. Yeah, they they did. Eddie had a nice head of hair on him. He yeah, did. he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, it's killing him to lose those locks. Mm-hmm. And our bar's got that got got that that beautiful you know business in the front, party in the back. Mm-hmm. Look, he's he's got that yeah. working. Yeah, he's got a nice mullet there. And here, Santa holds up the hair in victory. (laughs) That's a serious mullet. No. (laughs) Now it's time for Art Bar to get his hair. Oh, and he is not happy. Mm -hmm. No. Oof. He flew through a couple of years worth yeah. of growth. Yeah. Yep. Now Santos going and handing hair to somebody handing out hair inside. <laughs> oh man. That's nice. That would sell on eBay today. <laughs> there you, yeah, there you go. Or a Galacticon auction. <laughs> yes, yeah, the, yeah. One. yeah. This is Eddie Guerrero's hair from the <laughs> from the One Worlds Collide pay per view. <laughs> Somebody still got a bag of that. Got, got like oh, a plastic yeah. bag with their hair in it hanging on their wall or something. Oh yeah, that they oh, do. Yeah. I guarantee you. <laughs> Good stuff, mm-hmm. man. You gotta love it. I mean, just mm. with the the crowd being so into it and just hating those guys so much. Yep. And we'll hope Octagon's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert: I think he did come back and, I think and he wrestled did, yes. once or twice. You know, he, <laughs> he had a pretty in long the next career. night. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, and Monterey, he's wrestling Monterey the next night. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. The the gringos locos getting getting angry with each other because of the yep. loss. Yeah, I still I still think Art Bar had the best frog splash mm. that I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah. It was pretty. Mm-hmm. I, you know, even though it kind kind of messed up in the match, I love that. Frankensteiner off the your partner's shoulder spot that they tried. Um, I always yeah. thought that was a really cool move. And I, if I, if I remember correctly, I think somebody used it in like New Japan a couple weeks before that on Eddie, and that's kind of where Eddie got the idea for the move. Oh, really? I, I, I thought I remember that at the time hearing that. Um, but yeah, such an awesome match. It's in, it's fantastic. Like I said, it holds up today. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's mm-hmm. a good match no matter when you watch it. Mm-hmm. You got it. I think well, Corey, especially... what were some other results of that card? Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. So this was a, a five match card altogether, counting the, the two out of three falls match. I'll just kind of go in order here. Um, in the opener, there was a, a, a minis tag team match. You had Mascarita Sagrada and Octagoncito over Espectrito and Gerito Estrada. Um, uh, the, the baby faces, Mascarita and Octagoncito won in uh, eight and a half minutes. 
I loved this match. I loved um, Espectrito. He was such a, a cool heel and uh, just a, an amazing match. Jorito Estrada was actually, by the minis standards, a big man. I think he was like right at kind of the maximum height you could be to compete in the minis mm-hmm. division of like, I don't know if it was five foot or where it was. He looks huge. You know, you watch that match. He looks huge compared to the other guys in the ring. He's the the Andre or the big show of the match. <laughs> um, and, and Mascarita Sagrada, he was he's he's been around forever now right? yeah oh yeah yeah because mm-hmm. i know he yeah. was in lucha underground i'm sure i, I don't know right. if it's the same mini but you know under the mask because yeah. they, they they do kind of tend to you know change change people in the gimmicks every now and right then. Mm-hmm. right yeah yeah um but yeah that, that's a great opener um then we had a six-man tag team match we had fuerza guerrera um madonna's boyfriend again that was luis piccoli and psychosis over Rey Mysterio Jr., Heavy Metal, and Latin Lover. And uh, the the Heels won that in uh, 12 minutes and 46 seconds. Um, so I remember this was my first time seeing Psychosis. He was heavily advertised in the commercials that they showed on WCW because, you know, with his style of mask, it kind of resembled like a Jushin Liger, especially when they showed a really quick clip of it. And mm. so when I first saw the commercial, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I thought Liger was going to be on this pay-per-view, but then I find out it's somebody else. And um, yeah, he was, he was great. I mean, this is, there's so much talent here. And especially when you're seeing it for the first time, you don't really appreciate um, the guys that are in the match, but you know, to think what became with Rey Mysterio, especially. Um, and here he'd only been in, in maybe four or five years, something like that by this point, been wrestling. Of course he, he started, started at like a young. ridiculous age. Yeah. yeah he, he started, started like about 14 or 14, 13 or 14. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember before this match, you know, they would they they gave you the whole lineup on WCW, but didn't do a lot of like background as far as who these guys were. And I thought this was going to be his uncle because his uncle had teamed up with Conan at that Starcade pay per view. I didn't realize it was you know Rey Mysterio Jr. So then I see this guy who was very small, <laughs> uh, but then you saw the things he did in this match, and it was it was amazing. So that was. Uh, yeah, really good, really good matchup there. They, em- I remember them emphasizing in the commentary the captain's falls rules, but it never really. I mean, they, they, it came into play as far as they defeated the captain in this match, uh, but they didn't do defeating the other members to win the fall. Uh, and all of these, all of these other matches were just one fall apiece. Um, but yeah, good, good, uh, good kind of a highlight there. Good kind of a showcase for some of these guys. And then another six-man tag team match, some kind of a unique combination here. You had uh, the Pegasus Kid, uh, Too Cold Scorpio, and Tito Santana uh, defeating Jerry Estrada, La Parker, La Parca, and Blue Panther in 14 minutes and 58 seconds. And uh, you know, I think they kind of brought in Tito for like the American audience because he was not really a regular uh, uh, for AAA at this point. And I can even remember when he came out, fans kind of booed him a little bit. <laughs> um, um, but uh, but yeah, this was this was this was a fun match. Uh, first time I got to see La Parca, and uh, you know, even though it wasn't, oh, uh, you know, Parca's great. He is, he is. You know, even in in this, you know, kind of a shorter match, and or he didn't get as much time to shine, but you could see the personality doing his little dance and everything else. Um, that was yeah, that was really cool. Um, uh, and then after that was was the match we just watched, the two out of three falls, double hair, double mask. And then the actual main event of the show was Paraguayo against Conan in a steel cage match. Um, now, let's see here. Without I didn't watch that at the time, but but I think Conan was was um, allied with the Gringos Locos, right? I think I think you're correct. Yeah. OK, 
Um, so yeah, he was definitely the heel in this match. Um, oh yeah, and this is Conan. He had lost the mask at this point. Um, it turned heel. He and Perro had this had this big feud that led up to this, and um, Paraguay with the big furry boots. I mean, yes. he looked he looked like he was about sixty, and yeah. he looked like yeah. me. He was, he yeah. looked except like you know, he except except body wise. Uh, but I mean, he he looked like he was an old guy, but he always yeah. looked, and his forehead looked like a map of downtown Chicago. Yes, uh, yes, oof. yep. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely not like a like a high impact, high spot cage match, but just, you know, again, it was the emotion involved in the storyline. Um, I know, I believe, uh, again, didn't watch this ahead of time, but I think Barr and Guerrero come out and try to help Conan. So we then we we had a run in to save uh, Perro to kind of help him out. We had a run in from Los Hermanos Dinamito. That was Cien Caras, Mascara Año 2000 and Universo 2000. Um, they, uh, they stopped the, the gringos locos from, uh, from getting involved. And then let's see here. This was, um, this was a, a an escape the cage, uh, rules. So the Aguayo hit a double foot stomp, which is one of his big moves and then climbed out the cage to win it. So, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of a cool ending to the show. Um, yeah, definitely a unique show. And like I said, I, I watched it live with my dad and, um, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch and, just something so different um, from from the mainstream American products at the time, and uh, I'm really I'm really glad I, I ordered it. You know, didn't know how much influence a lot of these guys on the show would have, you know, into the Monday Night Wars era and just even beyond that. Um, really cool to see kind of what what came out of it. You know, maybe not. You know, there was never quite the big lucha boom in the U.S. that people hoped there would be, but the guys involved in the show, you know, definitely had some head influence and were big stars in other places. So yeah, really cool show. It's just hard to believe that was almost 30 years ago. I know. I know. I know. Really? That's crazy. Gosh. Yep. Yep. As time goes by, it seems like even more, I'll say, well, that was like three or four years ago when it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yep. So it, it just seems like, you know, the time goes by so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. And that, yep. that Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr are dead. So, mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sobering. Yeah. Yeah. And a few few others on the show as well, sadly. Yeah. Did Sp- Spicoli died too? He did, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just a cu- couple of years after this. Well, promoters, we hope you enjoy on that note, we, <laughs> we hope you uh enjoy the group watch with us. Again, this is kind of the the foundation of what this show was originally about. Uh it wasn't really a show. We were friends. We were gathering yeah. around watching wrestling just to escape mm-hmm. the tedium of the pandemic um and that led into the podcast so it is a return to our roots whenever we do these particular shows and it's always a whole lot of fun to watch these old matches and this match uh was certainly historic and i hadn't seen it in quite some time so it was good to watch it again tonight and i had forgotten that they had to cut each other's hair so that was an added little wrinkle so Mm. very cool well, with that, guys, we're reaching the end of our time together, at least for this evening. So we're going to do our shout outs and take this show home. So, Corey, why don't you start us off? Thank you, Stu, and thanks for hosting tonight. I want to give attention to the other Phil Singer Games content providers out there. Of course, Sam, Mike, and Todd over at Roll Up, the official podcast of Phil Singer Games. Grant Pachoco and the Solar Promoter YouTube channel. Uh, Grant, thanks again for the suggestion last week. Gentlemen, have you started working on our, our bootleg cards of each other? <laughs> I've got some ideas. Nothing yep. been put to paper, but I've I've got some pretty good ideas. Good, good. Yeah, I've I've definitely I've got some move names down. Yeah. I, I just need to figure out what they are and uh, how to how to put them on the card. 
Yeah. As, as Chad gave away in last week's episode, I, I have Tim's finisher in mind. And I got to interrupt myself and thank Michael Barada, who texted me on Friday with a uh, another move suggestion for Tim's card. So thank no, you, Michael. Oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll look forward. Don't know if we'll have these done next week or when we'll do them. But, uh, yeah, we definitely will we'll share them uh, in some way or another. Uh, but also want to give attention to the other providers out there, of course, um, uh, Dave Little at Heartland Championship Wrestling, um, Steve Tower at After Further Review, Lee Long, Free and the Daisy Dice Podcast, Brock Atkinson at Brockster Builds, as well as Brock and Mike's Bill Singer Games Character Spotlight. So thank you, promoters, for sharing your content and your ideas with us on a regular basis. And I'll also uh, kind of take Chad's job for the week and uh, give attention to those who commented on the episode 155 thread on the discussion board. We had a lot of comments this time. And so thank you, promoters, for doing that. Also loved hearing other people's thoughts on, on the topics, you know, favorite scary movies, favorite songs by favorite bands, you know, tag teams you'd love to see in Legends. And uh, I think that was really things. cool. We had a lot of yeah. we had a lot of response. We, yeah, we had a lot of feedback. So thank you, promoters. And and uh, even um, uh, well, Jared Balls, the faction was the first comment. He threw in some video clips as well. So very good. Thank you, uh, Jared. Uh, of course, our good friend Kevin the Butcher, and he threw in some uh, links to a couple of Kiss videos. Very good songs as well. Uh, let's see here. We also had, of course, uh, Travis Heckle, aka Travis Six O Five, our podcast artiste. Pete Beck, aka Death Knight Two. He threw in a. A clip for Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which I have not seen, but I was listening to a Halloween radio playlist on YouTube last week, and the song from that movie was in it, so that may need to get seen sometime. Of course, the uh, the self-professed true star of Uncharted Territory, Matt Dickendesher, Graham Pachoco, aka Throwing Toasters, uh, Paul, uh, Emperor Scott the Flash Norton, aka Mark Taggart, uh, TTX, as he is known these days, uh, Sodbuster, uh, Top Dollar, Holler Holler, Zeke Gould, the King of the Indies, aka Mr. Vegas. Uh, let's see here, J, as in the letter J, our good friend Andy, aka Sinestro24, Justin Bulka, aka Pike Mojo, Todd, the tournament master Jershel himself, and F, okay, this name is FCB72. Thank you for commenting. I don't know if you've commented before. Uh, our good friend Christopher Axelguest, a.k.a. Pariah, great to hear from you. Uh, it's been been a little while. We miss you and hope you're doing well. And I believe that's it as far as original uh, posters. We had a lot there, so thank you so much, promoters, uh, for your comments. We love hearing from you, love getting your feedback and ideas as well. And I uh, hope everybody has a great week and stays warm and healthy. And thank you for clicking, listening, and downloading. Thank you, Corey. Tim. Well, you know, I'm just hoping we get to hear from FCBs uh, one through 71 at some point. They're like the Vianos, yes. I guess. Yes. Yes. Them. You know, they, they, yes. I, I don't know if we're going Roman numerals on those. Uh, apparently not, but uh, be kind of cool if we get to get to hear from them in the future too. Mm -hmm. um, just wanted to let people know that uh, with the MLB season wrapping up and the, uh, uh, all the awards going to be announced here in the next few weeks, um, we'll wind up doing a, a short recap of our horrible predictions uh, in the next couple of weeks. They were awful. <laughs> they were awful. Um, I, I have an outside shot at, at National League Cy Young, but other than that, it was just horrible. Um, although I would like to congratulate the, the Gold Glove winners have been announced, um, and I, I would like to, to mention a, a couple. Um, Anthony Volpe uh, of the Yankees uh, was a bright shining light uh, as a rookie in, in the Yankees' horrible season. Uh, so good, good for him. I mean, he had uh, kind of a rough season batting average wise, but uh, 
showed a lot of potential. So I hope he's uh, he's going to do well in the future. And uh, of course, I want to uh, point out Jonah Heim, a uh, nice Buffalo boy, grew up here in Williamsville and is catching uh, for the world champion Texas Rangers. Um, you know, switch hitting catcher that can hit and, and wins a gold glove. That, that ain't a bad deal, fans. So um, just wanted to point them out. And, uh, you know, just kind of want to reiterate, you know, these are, these are kind of matches that, that, you know, Corey came up with this one was looking for something, you know, around the time that we recorded and, uh, and found this, I mean, I haven't seen that match and I don't even know how long I'm going to, I'm going to say 20 years, maybe. Um, although, like I said, my time frame is a little out of whack, but, um, it was two uh, weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, I saw, oh, that's right. I saw, I, I saw it on Wednesday. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's things like this where you have these great matches that maybe you haven't seen in 25, 30 years, you know, um, and, and hopefully when we pull these out of the, out of the closet and, and blow the dust off them and, and, and watch them, uh, you know, hope, hopefully everybody appreciates it. Um, I think we had a really good pick tonight. It was really cool uh, seeing these guys. That was a great one. Uh, good, good, good choice there, Mr. Olson. Thank you. Um, and other than that, I just wanted to thank everyone for listening. We really do appreciate uh, people who tune in and, and listen to whatever this is uh, every week. And, uh, you know, we'll be back again next week with uh, episode 157. Yee. Corey, thank you, Tim. That's a good note to end it on. Corey, <laughs> you had a thought? I, I just said, you know, hearing Tim's recap, I just had to say, you know, watching this again. Yeah, I don't remember when I last watched this, but I was just taken back in time. I remember watching this pay-per-view very vividly. You know, I don't I don't remember every pay-per-view I've ever ordered or which ones I've seen live. You know, some some I can remember better than others. But this one, I remember it was a Sunday night because I got to stay up later on a school night to watch it. And I remember just sitting on my couch and like I said, our dad was there and, and he was getting into it. Um, so that's just a really cool memory. So I, again, I hope, yeah, I hope like Tim said, I hope your promoters appreciated it. And uh, you know, even if it's not your favorite match, you know, I hope you got something out of it. So thanks. And just the perspective or the historical perspective of how hot Lucha Libre was at the time. And they were some pretty high hopes for him to, for it to sweep the nation, so to speak, which it didn't, but uh Still a very cool movement at the time. Um, and I I'd totally forgotten the main event in that because I remember after watching that after this match thinking, Ugh. <laughs> but I, and I didn't understand the history and the backstory at the time. And now I do. So what, one last thing and then I'll shut up. Um, no. The, it does appear that the whole, the show, the whole show is on YouTube as well. So if you promoters, if you haven't seen it, it's like two and a half hour show. You get some time on a weekend or something, you know, where you're rolling the dice and you want some wrestling on in the background, check it out. Like I said, so many historical names on the show. Um, yeah, give it give it a watch. And it would be, be be better than probably 95% of today's wrestling. So there you have it. Uh well, thank you, Tim. Again, thank you, Corey. And as far as my shout out uh, this particular week, I'm gonna give it to my alma mater, which is JMU, James Madison University, which is nine and oh in college football. But so far is going to be denied a shot at a bowl because of some archaic rule that the NCAA has that you have to wait two years after you make the move from FCS to the FBS subdivision uh, before you can compete in a bowl. So they're good. They could very well. They may not. They have at least two out of three games are pretty tough, but they could very well wind up running the table and be shut out of the bowl. So I hope that won't be the case, but they have certainly had a great season and it has been a good move to uh fbs for jmu 
I'll give a quick shout out, regardless of your political persuasion, I'll give a quick shout out to democracy. Always good to vote. Always good to have the opportunity to vote versus some other places in the world where uh, it's uh, kind of, you know, not going to happen like this. So it's uh, it's cool to be able to do that. So I, I'm always appreciative of that fact whenever Election Day rolls around. A shout out to democracy. That may be the first uh, for the pay-per-view. I like that. that that's great. That that is that is well done, Stu. It, it needed a shout out. So uh, with that, uh, promoters, we certainly appreciate your fine patronage. We look forward to seeing you all for episode 157 next week, which could be a number of different things and is yet to be determined. But we will have a show and we will uh, look forward to having you all there. Thanks again for listening whenever you have downloaded this. And we'll see you again soon on Uncharted Territory. Hey promoters, it's Corey again, and we would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topic suggestions, or any other comments, and we might include your audio in a future episode of Uncharted Territory. There's two ways you can do it. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. Again, tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. You can click the message button and record up to a one-minute message, and we can include that in a future episode. Or you can email us either audio or a written question at our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Again, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Want to show your friends that you listen to Uncharted Territory? Well, head on over to our store at tkostore.com slash collection slash uncharted hyphen territory. You can choose from a shirt or hoodie with Travis Heckle's great podcast cover artwork or a shirt with a design inspired by one of our favorite bands. While there, check out the other great merchandise at TKO, including shirts of several of the top MMA fighters, including Bigfoot Silva, Tim Sylvia, Ensign Inouye, and more. Need a shirt made for your event or organization? Contact TKO, run by Filsinger Games promoter Justin Bulka, a.k.a. Pike Mojo, to place your order. Again, that's TKOstore.com, T-E-E-K-O-Store.com. Insert wolf music. <laughs>